Amen. Amen. Okay, well, as you know, we are in the heart of our new series, Back to Basics. I'm loving it. And I think we are three weeks in. Um, Pastor Walt talked about prayer last week, and then I think we talked about um, growth, Christian growth, the week before that. Anyways, this week, I am just like ridiculously honored to get to be here with y'all today because we are talking about worship. Amen. (laughs) Okay, I got way too excited about that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's funny is that even in that, um, just being completely and utterly transparent with you, it's still a place that um, I just feel really unqualified for. This is something new that the Lord is doing in my life and a new opportunity that he has has provided. And so um, when I got that phone call that said, hey, Um, We would like you to speak, and we'd like you to speak. Um, Well, we got through the conversation anyway, but I realized it was going to be about worship, and so I heard that, and I was like, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, okay, all right, I'll do that. And, you know, like super excited, and got off of the phone, and within minutes, like low-key started freaking out and was like, what did I just do? do. I just said yes. How in the world did I just say it? Why did I just say yes? Have you ever had those kind of moments in your life where you said yes and then you quickly, quickly regretted that? (laughs) I know that I'm not alone, but um, as I started to, to dive into these notes and putting, putting together and just praying and just saying, Holy Spirit, first and foremost, what is it that you want to say? And so then I, you know, in that just started being transparent before the Lord. You need to be transparent before God. He can already see your heart anyway. And so started just telling the Lord, oh God, I don't know why I said yes, but I did. So here you go. And I felt like he said, you know what? How many others have felt that exact same place where you felt maybe, um, maybe insignificant or underqualified or undertrained or whatever that under thing was, which is a lie from the enemy, by the way, because if the Lord has called you to it, He is simply asking us to live a life of obedience before him. And that in that place, I just felt so strongly that that the place of obedience is a place of worship. Amen. And as we are worshiping the Lord and we are are having that place of surrender, and we're going to dive into that here in just a minute, that God just wants our hearts. He just wants your heart. He wants you to offer before him in your life and whatever it is that you're doing, that surrender, that yes. He just wants your yes. And in fact, I kind of want to, I want to speak on that at another point because I just felt like the Lord just showed me some really cool things in that place of saying yes and how our worship is even connected with that place and bringing freedom for somebody else. Our hearts in a place of surrender. And so, um, Romans 12, 1, let me, let me just, let me go back to my notes really quick. I got super excited there for a second. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The prayer of my heart today is that you would see God as moving in your life that as we're learning more about living this life of worship, that we would have this understanding that worship overflows from hearts that are surrendered to God. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to launch. That was just the intro. I've got a whole lot more, and I'm praying I can get through it in time. <laughs> so, God, I just lift this morning back up to you today again, Jesus, and thank you, God, that, that this morning, Father, it belongs to you. 
It belongs to you, Jesus. And so would you bring back to my mind, God, everything that I have studied, Father, and have gone over, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving and you are working, that you have a word for us to hear. And so, God, we give it to you, open-handed, Jesus, and tell you, God, today is yours, Father. This week is yours, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started with part of my story, Um, and I realize that my story is not like everybody else's story, but I almost feel like when it comes to worship and just doing this thing before the Lord, I almost didn't have a fair advantage. Um, my parents went to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas, and I had this really cool, yes, holla to CFNI, do you have their CFNIers out here? Amen. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I had this really cool opportunity to be able to get to sit just under some really neat teaching from a really early age, and um, to get to be in worship, and that was really cool, and I'm so nervous, I'm going to take a drink of water really quick. But anyway, I had this chance to get to be under some really neat teaching and neat worship. And so I remember at a really early age, just being in the aisles. In fact, it's kind of a vague memory, but I do like I remember the moment being in the aisles and just worshiping and dancing before the Lord. And I remember worship um, that that place, that song service that we have before the word being delivered, having a chance to just be um, in worship before the Lord, and to feel his presence. And I remember that in an early age, and my parents have shared stories with me about watching both my brother and I in that moment. And from that point on, I just remember it being a place, and, and at a young age, I didn't quite totally understand everything about worship, but I just knew that this presence that I felt, and I knew it was God, I knew it was God. My, my spirit, my little soul, even at that point, knew it was the Lord, and I knew I don't, I, don't, I don't quite understand all this, but I, w- I want to be here. I want to be here in this place all the time. And so I remember even whenever I was younger, um, back when we had like tape decks, I don't, probably you younger kids, you don't really know, maybe you've never seen a tape before, I don't know. But um, I used to have worship tapes that were actually worship from um, CFNI. Um, and then also there's, there was just a couple of others and I would put them in my tape, be- tape deck, excuse me, and I'd listen to them until I fell asleep. And I did that every night for as long as I can possibly remember. Because I just knew in that place that there was something, there was something happening, there was a peace Oh, there was just a peace that I felt when listening to those words. And then I found that as I wake up in the morning, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but I'd wake up in the morning, and it's like I could, I could hear these lyrics, and they're full of scripture, and we're going to dive into that here in just a minute. So as I got older and started to ask this question, you know, we have this word called worship, and we use it for a lot of things, okay? So on my, on my Spotify, how many Spotifyers do we have out there? I love my Spotify. Amen. Yes. Yes, sister. And so on it, though, I have, a, I, have a, I have a pop playlist. Let me just be totally honest with you about that. I have like a country playlist, and I have my worship playlist, And unfortunately, it took just a little bit of time in my adult life to come to this understanding. Don't laugh at me. Okay, it's fine if you do. That worship is not a genre of music, but it's a heart positioning before the Lord. And But I'm so very grateful that we have this opportunity to have music that we call worship. So as I was diving in, just as, I, not only just in my notes, but, you know, sometimes as, as we live this, this Christian life and we go along, sometimes we, we say things or we call things and we never stop and we kind of 
you know, to have that point of being able to break it down and ask ourselves, what is this really in my life? Because God, I want to live a life before you. And I also, whenever somebody comes to me and asks me about this, I want to be able to communicate back to them what it is that I believe and why it is that I believe it. And so I found this really, really cool word when it comes to worship. It's a Hebrew word. And um, David, just go and tell me if I said it wrong at the end of service. But the word is shaka. If you're taking notes, it's S-C-H-A-C-H-A-H. And I'm sorry, that's the teacher in me. Shaka. And so I went online so that I could hear how it was said and, and find out more um, about, this, about this word. What does it mean? And I found that it, in worship, what it literally means is to be bowed down. To be bowed down before the Lord. To have a place of surrender. It's a position a surrender in our lives. And so I found that actually when it comes to um, quite a few different words, if we were doing a word study this morning, um, in terms of the word worship, it's mentioned 99 times in the Bible. And I thought that was so cool. Shaka, this place of being bowed down. If I was, if I was uh, Pastor Daniel, I might be brave enough to lay down here on this stage just to show you that that place of literally being prostrate before the Lord. It's a place of surrender before the Lord. And maybe in worship, even in our worship services, maybe you have, maybe you've seen someone um, on their knees before the Lord. Maybe you've seen them with hands raised, that place of surrender before God. It's a heart positioning. Hebrews 4.12 says, um, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself there really quick. But as, as, we are, as we are living that life of worship before the Lord and surrendered, that surrender creates a shift in our lives. I don't know if you've ever noticed before whenever we've had worship going on, we've ha- when we've had praise happening and you're singing, that suddenly maybe you walked in with something that was weighing you down. But then as you began to sing and lift your voice before the Lord, something suddenly started to shift and it started to break. And in your heart and in your life, suddenly maybe you're even crying. Maybe you're lifting your hands before the Lord, but you know in your heart, your mind, and your spirit, something just moved in the atmosphere. And part of that is because you're singing the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Y'all, the word of God is powerful and it's alive. The word calls it a sword. That as we lift up our voices in worship, you're literally lifting up that sword. That whatever it is in your life that's happening, and I don't know what those things are, but you do know what those things are. That as you make that place, you make it a point to enter into worship, and you're singing the word back to the heavens to know that it's not just our words. If it's our words, our words oftentimes just fall flat sometimes. But as we are on purpose singing God's word back to him, it is alive, and it is active, and it is powerful. The word of God is a sword. And what I also love, too, is that as the word goes forth, the Bible tells us that it accomplishes where it's sent. When we look at Isaiah 55, 8 through 11, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. 
It will not return to me empty. Amen. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Worship gives us those places, gives us those handles for scripture. It's how we fight our battles. I love that Pastor Walt talked about prayer this last week and worship right behind it. Scripture and those songs that we are singing, those worship songs give us handles to handle the stuff that's going on in life. As we are making it a point to declare his goodness. God, I don't understand. You know, maybe it's a situation. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this thing is happening. But God, I'm going to go back to your word and I'm going to declare your word. And then I'm going to sing it over this situation. And I'm going to watch God and know that I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. There were so many times years ago where there was, there was a situation that was happening. And I had just felt like the Lord had just put Exodus 14, 14. And so I went and I I found that and I would read it over and over again on how God literally delivered the Israelites. He parted the waters and they walked through on dry land. So you know what I did? I went and I found some worship songs that were about God parting those waters for my life. And I held on to that. And whether it was in the shower or whether it was my walking throughout my day, I would sing that over and over again. And it would be such an encouragement to my heart. And then suddenly there were even times in my life where I began to see stuff shift and change. And I believe it was because I made the choice to come into alignment with the word. I came into agreement with the word because let me tell you, we were created to praise him first and foremost. We were created to worship the Lord and to be able to have relationship with him. And so when we take that and we have that understanding and then we take the word, the powerful word of God, and we start speaking that over our lives, we start singing that over our lives, you're going to see chains break. You're going to see life situations begin to shift. Those things that you've been praying about and then singing worship songs and and claiming the word over, I believe you're going to begin seeing shift in our lives. You know, sometimes we, in, in a song service, and this happens to me too, or just in life, sometimes we... We wait maybe to have something feel just right, be positioned just right in our life. And then we say, okay, well, now I'll move. But when we have that heart positioning before the Lord, we begin to say, God, pick me. God, pick me. Choose me. Lord, maybe I don't understand what's happening in my life today. But God, as I am making a point, God, to to focus on you, to take my focus off of what's happening over here and to worship you, just like in in a song service um, in the mornings. And this this is not just for Sundays. I just realized I've just been talking about this like this just happens on Sunday mornings. But it can happen anywhere. Worship can happen anywhere. Amen? There have been so many times where I've been maybe in my shower or in my car or maybe just doing dishes or or whatever it is. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute and talking about living a life of worship where it it transcends over from just what we're singing and what we're saying and then moving over here into how we're living. That whenever my heart is positioned before the Lord, I'll say, God, use me. And then use the situation. God, I don't know how you would do it, but Lord, I'm going I'm to sing. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that song. I'm going to find that scripture and I'm going to hold on to it. Because as we do that, we are able to live a life of worship. And I have so many notes here. I'm almost worried that I'm not going to get through them. Can we take a couple more minutes if we needed to? (laughs) 
Pastor Walt talked this last week about free will. And I want to pause there for just a second because, like I just said, worship is not just what we're singing and what we're saying, but it can transition over into how we're living. So last week when he was talking about prayer, he touched on free will. And I want to just pause there for just a second. Because God wants us to come to him in our lives because we want to. And I wanted to just set that up first and foremost. God wants us to come to him because we want to, because, because we have fallen so in love with our Savior. I don't know about you, but God, is, God has rescued me in my life from some stuff. And even five years ago, it's like, and I know I've referenced that sometimes, <laughs> maybe one of these days um, there'll be an opportunity to, to share more about that. But I just remember years ago that there were, there were just some things that were happening. And I remember I had a choice in that moment as the, as the stuff was just going on. And I had a choice to either praise and declare the truth of the word or I had a choice to retreat back into myself and say that because I don't understand the situation, some, you know, sometimes we kind of push away. Sometimes when things get hard in our lives, 2020 was a little bit of a challenging year. And I have, I have friends that for some, just, it's just been a little bit easier to push away. When God wants us, he loves you so much, he wants us to do the opposite. And to enter in, to come to him because he's your father, because he loves you. He just wants our heart. And as we spend more time with him, there is a place of intimacy that's created. And I won't, won't dive in there completely, but, and even in a relationship. But that, that was the, that was the um, example that came to my mind, that in a relationship, two people choose each other because they want to spend time with each other because they enjoy spending time with each other. They, they enjoy talking. They enjoy doing life together. And there is an intimacy that's created, a relationship, a deepening that happens the more and more time that you spend with somebody. Even my kids, you know, I mean, obviously we spend every moment together, but even my kids, there's, there's that intimacy, there's that place there. They love to be right beside mom. And I can't often sit on the couch by myself, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it. Because there's relationship that's there. They want to spend time with me. I want to spend time with them. I want to spend time with my father. I have fallen in love with my savior. But let me tell you this morning, he's not going to force you to get there. He's not going to force us to get there. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God wants us to come to him because we want to come to him. And can I tell you this morning, though, that the more time that you spend with him and find pockets, life gets busy, doesn't it? Life gets busy sometimes. But as we find those, those pockets, those moments even, to spend time with the Lord, you'll find that suddenly your heart will just begin to be drawn in to him. And as we spend more and more time with him, what we're going to begin to even understand is that worship then no longer becomes dictated by our circumstances. But we're going to begin to have this understanding that he is worthy. 
once again, I love um, word studies. And so I was, I was diving in. I was able to find that there's actually an old English word, worship. That the modern word worship that we have right here, shortened down, comes from the old English meaning worth-ship. And when we get back to that place, we begin to understand that worship is a declaration of worth of our Lord. The worth of God as made known to us in the person Jesus Christ. Those who worship God, Jesus told the Samaritan woman, must worship in spirit and in truth. It's a place of Worship, that when, even, even when we're singing or as we're living our lives before the Lord, that we have, we have that understanding, we have that place of saying, God, it, it no longer then it, it is, I'm not just worshiping because of what's happening around me. It, sometimes when things are good, it feels a lot easier, you know? And sometimes whenever it's hard, it, sometimes we find that it's harder. But then when we have that understanding that, God, you are worthy of my worship, not just with what I'm singing, but, Father, in how I'm living my life, that you are good and that you are faithful and that you love me. And it, be, it goes back to that word of shaka. It begins to be a place where our lives literally are surrendered before the Lord. Our lives surrendered before God. And when we begin to have that understanding, Lord, you're worthy, God. I came in this morning on a Sunday morning, and Lord, it has just been, it's just been challenging. God, you don't, you don't, it's, Father, just getting here in the car <laughs> and having arguments. Or maybe it was something during, during your week. Maybe it was something that was happening and you were like, Lord, I'm just struggling. Like, I, everything in me, God, I want to worship you. But, Lord, I'm just having a hard time today. I began to understand over time in living my life of worship that at that moment that I was maybe in, in the song service, I was able to say, God, I'm going to take those things those burdens that I'm carrying right now, Jesus, and I'm going to give them back to you, Father. Help me not to think about those things right now. God, help me to take it and help me to put it down, Jesus, so that at this moment I am giving you all the praise and all the glory and all the worth that you are worthy of, Jesus. And something begins to change even in our lives as we find those pockets of time with what it is that we're doing, that we're able to press in to his presence. I want to encourage you this week to find maybe a pocket of time. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. I can find that some, suddenly there's a situation that maybe is happening during the week, and maybe I'm doing dishes, okay? All right, maybe I'm doing laundry. Maybe I'm doing something else that's just really mundane in my life, and maybe I'm having a really bad attitude over it. <laughs> Have you ever been there before? And whatever it is that's happened, and suddenly it begins to affect so much more. Because I'm not prioritizing and not having those pockets of time where I'm just stopping to say, God, oh man, Lord, I just need to be in your presence for just a minute. And so I'll find, in fact, this happened to me this week. Once again, total transparency. My life is not perfect. I walk through this journey just like you do, but I was doing dishes, and I was like, man just struggling and just had some just thoughts in my head and just really trying to figure out, trying to figure out, you know, some stuff. And I stopped right there. I turned off the water. 
and my kids know this, sometimes I'll go to my room and shut my door, and I thought, I've got to stop right this minute, Lord. I need to spend some time with you because if I don't, it's going to begin to affect everything else throughout the rest of my day. And instead of living my life and walking from a position of victory, I'm going to continue walking from a position of defeat because I've begun to believe the lies of the enemy that are getting thrown my way. Instead of taking it, taking every thought captive in that moment and saying, God, I desire to live a life of worship before you. And so I'm going to come to you. And I just sat on my bed, guys. It was just really, really simple. Just sat on my bed and I just simply opened up my mouth and said, God, I can't do the rest of today without you. It had been a really busy day. It had been a really busy week. I kept finding myself waking up and just my alarm goes off and I get up and I just was doing my day. And then, but you find that you have those moments that then compound upon each other, right? And so we're going from one thing to the next. We have breakfast, and then we get everyone ready, and then we go to school, and then we go to work, and then we come home, and then it's homework, and then it's dinner, and then it's suddenly we're time for bed, and I'm exhausted, and all I want to do is just sit there. And all the while, God is just saying, oh, Jenna, I really just wish you'd run to me. I wish you'd just run to me. I want to spend time with you. And in those moments that I have, I've stopped, it's almost like I can hear my father, I can hear the Holy Spirit on the inside saying, I missed you. Oh my goodness. And it breaks me every single time. And so I come back from that place of saying, God, I'm sorry. Lord, because you just want me living a life of worship before him. Please understand, first and foremost, that he just wants you. And so I'll take that moment and say, okay, God, I'm so, oh, I'm so sorry. Because it, feel, it feels so good to be in the presence of the Lord. There is nothing else that's like it. I will put my worship playlist on and sometimes just let the worship just play. And it creates that atmosphere shift. I don't know if you've ever had that happen before, but I'm going to challenge you this week. Take even just five minutes. Take ten minutes. Find some worship songs. Um, I, think, I think on Spotify, actually, we have a worship playlist from our church right here. And I put that on, and I will listen to those songs, and I will just sit in that place. And so this week, as I was, I was preparing, and it just, you know, you just have those moments where the Lord's like, well, this worked out perfectly. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I just felt like the Lord had just said, Jenna, as you're speaking, I want you to tell them. I just felt this in my heart so strong, y'all. I just want you. I felt like the Lord said, I just want you. And I've made some notes, so I'm going to read them right here. That I just want your heart. That when you go to put laundry in the washing machine, do it for me, washing machine, excuse me. Then when maybe you're making copies for your boss, do it for me. Maybe it's that you have some other project that's happening, that maybe um, you find yourself thinking about all the stuff that's happening, and God says, even as you're doing that project, give it to me, hand it to me. Let me have it. I love you. I want to spend time with you. Because it's in that sacrifice with whatever it is that we're doing in our lives that we have this incredible opportunity to do it for the Lord. And I know whenever I was a lot younger, that was a really hard concept for me to kind of 
wrap my brain around. I would hear, I'd hear this scripture, or I'd hear, um, I'd hear people say that, that with whatever it is that your, your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Not for men, but for the Lord. And it took me until about probably like 18 years old to really begin to understand what that meant because I had a job whenever I was in college and I was working full time and I was, um, I was going to school full time and I had um, a coworker that I just struggled with. You know, sometimes we have that happen, personality differences, and it's not, now that I'm an adult and I look back, I'm like, man, I feel really silly. <laughs> but, um, you know, at that moment, that was, that was just really real, and it was a struggle. And every day I went into work, I was like, man, God, what, is, what does this look like to do this for you? What does this look like? And so I would go into a closet that we had. And I would begin, I'm so grateful no one ever walked into that closet while I was praying because I'm pretty sure I probably would have looked a little bit crazy. (laughs) But I would just, the doors would be shut. Thankfully, it was like really well insulated. And I would just stand there and I would put my arms up and I would say, okay, God, today, Lord, I'm doing this job, Father, for you. And I thank you that you're going to lead me and you're going to guide me. And Holy Spirit, you're going to give me the words to say, but I'm going to stop doing this for that person. And I'm going to start doing this for you, God. And I know in my own life, even in that place, in terms of living a life of worship before the Lord, stuff around me began to shift and began to change because I began to see it not through eyes that were my own, but through eyes of my Father to say, God, this is now an extension to love well those that are around me, Father. It's a John 4, 24 kind of moment. Jesus visited with a Samaritan woman up on a hill. And they're, they're having a conversation. The big part of that I want to focus on is that she gets frustrated at a moment during this conversation as Jesus is talking to her. And she says, you know, my people say that you, you can only worship here on this hill. But you Jews say that you have to worship in the synagogue. And Jesus said, there's coming a day where you're not going to be worshiped. Worship is not limited to a place. Worship is not limited to here on Sunday mornings. He says, I want you to worship in spirit and in truth. Because when we get outside of those checked boxes, you know, sometimes in our lives, sometimes it's like almost, I hate to use this word, but sometimes we, we, it's this like religious this religious thing. It's, it's checking boxes. It's, it's, it's making sure that we're doing these X number of things in order to, to do things right. Do you know what I mean? And God doesn't want check boxes. He was, I feel like he was telling her at that moment, no check boxes. I just want you. You can live a life. We can live a life of worshiping in spirit and in truth. And when we are, when we're walking that out, I mean, I have so much more I want to share. I'm going to go ahead and skip to the end. When we're making that choice to, to walk this out every day in our lives, no matter what it is, and we're walking that out in spirit and in truth, you guys, it starts transforming so much. We've come into agreement. This is another place I'm just going to share with you really quick. When we're making that choice, God, I want to live a life before you, Father. I don't want to just, just look good. God, I want it to be good, Father. I want to come into agreement with your scripture. Lord, I want it with your word, Father. 
I want to say what you say. I want to do what you do, God. I don't want to just check boxes in my life. God, I'm sick of that. Whoever, who did, ever did that make happy to just check boxes because it's what looked good? When you know that you go back home and behind closed doors, it is a completely different story. I don't want that. God, I want to live a life before you, Father, that's in agreement with your word. And I was talking with Pastor Daniel, and I asked his permission to, to share this. But there is something about it. In fact, he shared with me this, this term of resonance frequency. And I looked it up to see actually what that meant. And it's the, it's the turning potential of energy to go from potential energy into kinetic energy. Let me tell you what happens when we're in our lives, okay? Not just with what we're singing. Do that, though. But with what we're saying, when we're coming into agreement with heaven. So when you find yourself in that place where life isn't making sense and maybe things aren't going your way, go get into the word and begin saying what the word has to say. Because let me tell you right now, all of heaven is already saying it. So as we come into agreement, we say, Father, I don't understand this, but God, you are good. And the heavens say, you are good. Lord, you are faithful. I believe that you're walking me through and the heavens say, you are faithful. You are good, Jesus. You are holy. The heavens say, you are holy. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my praise. And there becomes this bouncing back and forth where it's on earth as it is in heaven. This is already happening in the heavens right now. And so when we come into agreement, it takes that potential energy. And that is why suddenly something begins to break. Amen. It begins to break. And you'll find that overflow in your life. Find a scripture for whatever it is that you're walking through. Find a, find a worship song that you can hold on to, that you can play during the day. Play it over and over again. My kids get sick of that, but I just do it anyway. <laughs> I just do it anyway. And I find myself with my hands raised in the kitchen or in the bathroom or in the hallway or in the living room or wherever it is, especially in those moments when I need to come into agreement with the word and offer my life before the Lord and say, God, I want what you want. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this scripture over my life. I'm going to sing this truth over my life, God. And I'm going to open my life up so that this is now a life lived before you. I want to live a life poured out. I want at the end of my life to be well spent. I want at the end of my life for it to be said about me. She loved Jesus with every single part of her heart, even whenever it didn't make sense. And I want that same thing for you too. Oh, that we would live a life of worship. Oh, that we would live a life poured out. So that then as it overflows, guys, we'd be able to love well those that are around us. That whenever we, we encounter someone who maybe, maybe they're in the storm of their life, you can take what you've been learning. You can take what you've been speaking and you can say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus. Paul and Silas, they were in a prison. And they began to worship. And they began to worship. They were worshiping, and the Bible says at midnight, there was a mighty earthquake. And those prison doors came loose. 
and those chains fell off. And I feel like it's a whole other sermon somewhere. But you have something that then you can turn around and offer to someone else. And it doesn't have to just be something that happens in our life, but that we offer it to others. And we say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you that he is the chain breaker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. There is no one like him. Let me tell you about my Jesus. There's a worship song that we sing. And I love, I've listened to it over and over again. There's, there's a worship pastor in it. He says a couple of things that just stick with me. And I, I, I say over and over in my head. But he says that when you sing, the enemy flees. When you sing, prison walls start falling down. He says, when you sing, heaven invades the earth. And they're not just pretty words. It's the truth. It's the truth. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. I felt in my heart that we needed to take just a few minutes and practice his presence. I just felt like like it, it was just so strong in my spirit. God saying, I just want you. I just want you. Don't let worship be the only thing that we, we do on a Sunday morning, okay? Don't let this be the only place that you sing these songs. Don't let this be the only place where there's that heart positioning. Take it with you. Take it with you. And so I know that this may feel a little bit awkward, but if you're comfortable, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to raise your hands before the Lord with me this morning. There are some of you under the sound of my voice that you don't know my Jesus yet. And I'm here to tell you this morning, he just wants you. You do not need to offer a perfect life before you come to him. He does not want perfect. He wants you. He just wants you. And I know that you may not know what that looks like to live out a life of worship. I know you may not know what step one might be. But I'm going to give an opportunity this morning to pray with you and invite you to to come into agreement with, to accept Jesus as your Savior. And so I'm going to just simply lend you the words. And God, there's no special formula that's here. I'm not going to give you fancy words. It's just truth, okay? So if that's you and and the rest of the church, I invite you to pray this with me. To say, Jesus, I believe you. You have saved me. You shed your blood for me. And this morning, I ask you, forgive me and help me to live a life for you. In Jesus' name. And that's it. And that's it. And all of heaven rejoices, guys. All of heaven rejoices. And if that is you, can I I just invite you right over here? We have a Connect Center. Can we shake your hand? Whatever you're comfortable with. High five, fist bump, hug, whatever you're comfortable with. Can Can we find out who you are? And if it's your first time, to put a gift in your hands and say, thank you for coming. Man, we just love you. God loves you. 
You know, we say all the time, people matter to God and people matter to us that you matter. And it's not just cute, fun, pretty words. It's the truth. You matter to God. And so if that's you, don't leave this morning without us being able to to do that. We are going to go here into a time of worship here in just a second. And we are going to have some, some prayer team come down here as well to pray. And if you have something that you've been carrying around with you, maybe that's stopping you, that's holding you back, and you're like, God, I'm just struggling, but Lord, I want, Lord, I want to do this thing. God, I want to live a life of worship. Help me. Set me free. I invite you to come down and to come into agreement both with the word and then the Bible says where two or more are gathered, he's right there with you. To come up here to, to pray with them, to stand and believe. I'll tell you what, you're going to see God move and work and chains are going to break in your life and lives are going to be set free in Jesus' name. God loves you. He just wants you. As we go into this, this last worship song, and I, I told Casey we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're not going back to plan A. But I invite you to lift those hands. I invite you to worship. I invite you to offer your hearts before the Lord. And I realize that sometimes, sometimes this feels uncomfortable. I get that. My arm is raised. Sometimes this feels uncomfortable. I do. I understand that. I'm going to encourage you to do it anyway. With boldness, I'm going to encourage you to do it anyway. This is a surrender. This is a position of surrender, guys. That word shaka, that we live a life poured out before the Lord.